Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome again to another episode of the Fantasy Inquirer podcast. This is August 27th and I'm your host Billy Metcalf back at you guys once again with a little running back ranking talk and a little running back handcuff talk. Uh, Sorry I've been out of the cut for a little while. I've been too busy drafting boatloads of teams in the FFPC and other places. Uh, but I did get a chance to update the rankings um, after about three weeks, and there's a lot of changes. And I also got a chance to um, go over my updated running back handcuff rankings, which I think are almost more important than all the regular rankings because the handcuffs are what help you win the league. Okay, so let's get right on into it here because I got a lot I want to cram into this two and a half hour podcast to make up for last week. I kid, I kid. Wouldn't make you guys suffer through that. Okay, here we go right now with the updated rankings that I had. Let's start with the handcuffs first because everybody wants to know about the handcuffs. No one really cares about the top 10 or 20 running backs. Uh the handcuffs are the bread and butter of your fantasy draft in those second tier guys. So I want to take you guys here and refresh you about the players that I don't consider handcuffs. Um, I got a lot of questions before when I did this uh, back in June and early July about uh, what exactly is a handcuff and what isn't a handcuff. My definition of a handcuff is the second best running back on a team's depth that's not drafted in the first uh, seven rounds. So this player, uh, he's probably not going to get enough action to have standalone value, basically is what I'm trying to say. So the definition is uh, slightly skewed in recent years, I think, with about 75% of the teams going with a a full-on committee, which means there really isn't many bell cow running backs anymore, just basically a 1A and 1B. Um, so let's get this out of the way first before we move right into the handcuffs. Here are some of the player tandems or 1A, 1Bs that I don't consider handcuffs that, um, will be drafted too early. So, uh, the obvious one here first I have, and this really isn't in a certain order. I mean, it kind of is for me, but I mean, definitely the top three are probably, you could probably shake them around, but, uh. Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, um, I think I've thought it since I wrote this article in June and updated it before. Uh, I had Montgomery ahead of Cohen in the depth chart and in my rankings before that, so those two have standalone value. Uh, Sony Michelle, James White, they have standalone value. Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, they have standalone value. Tevin Coleman, uh, Jerick McKinnon, Matt Breida. Uh, Jerick McKinnon is on the shelf, but is practicing again. But all those guys left standalone value, um, especially Breida. I, I think he might have a better year than Tevin Coleman, but let's save that for later. Uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. I'm pretty down on Rashad Penny. He just looked pretty average this post uh, preseason. And Chris Carson's like really good. I mean, really good. But I, I do have both those guys having standalone value at the moment, and I classify them in that tier. Uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, both those guys left standalone value. Uh, they'll both get drafted. Um, 
this is kind of a, a stretch here. Uh, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. I know a lot of people are drafted Peyton Barber in the 9th, 10th, 11th round. Um, as of right now, I know they got Dare. I'm going to butcher this now. Abobaweo. He's kind of hanging around as a third running back there. But uh, those two running backs right now, the 1A1B, Jones and Barber, they have standalone value. Um, so th that's some of the, the players that we're not going to call handcuffs. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the top 15 handcuffs I had six weeks ago. So let's go all the way back to six weeks ago and see what I had here for these guys. I had um, Daryl Henderson as number one, Edo Smith as number two, Royce Freeman as number three, Jalen Samuels as number four, Carlos Hyde as number five, Deonta Foreman, he's not even playing anymore. He's cut by two teams as number six. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson as number seven. Uh, actually, we did bounce them last time back up to the uh, standalone value now that uh, Melvin Gordon's still holding out. So they have standalone value. Um, next, I had Naheem Hines. Uh, he goes back to the standalone value, uh, but I just read he would be up on that chart too, uh, especially with the luck tragedy. Now that we have uh, Mac, we'll... I mean, the splits are just terrible without Andrew Luck and stuff with uh, Mack in there. So that whole offense is not going to be right. I mean, I kind of like Jacoby Brissett. I think he'll have a, you know, a better year than some people are saying. But we definitely, definitely have to downgrade Mack and bump Naheem Hines because he's going to be the pass catcher, you know, the outlet back catching passes. So he'll have some standalone value too. Uh, my next one was Kalen Ballage. He graduated due to the uh, Kenyon Drake injury, even though Drake is back practicing. Uh, number 10 was Jamal Williams. Uh, he's still there with Dexter Williams and that whole Aaron Jones kind of debacle there. Jones is obviously leading the pack, but, uh, I mean, we want to write off Jamal Williams, but he's still there. I guess I can put him on the, the updated chart, but I didn't just because he, he goes so late in drafts. I mean, he's basically free. Um I had Kareem Hunt. I mean, that goes without saying. You're going to handcuff him anyway. Uh, Devin Singletary, I think you could graduate him with uh, McCoy uh, up there on that chart. Also right now with having standalone value because he looked so good. And I mean, I remember last game they played. I can't remember against two, but McCoy was running all over them. Got him down to the 10-yard line, and then boom, next play, uh, Devin Singletary ran it right in for Pater. So those guys will both have standalone value, and they're getting drafted like it too. Um, I'm looking at the latest draft I did. Uh, I do FFPC drafts, as you guys know. If some of you guys don't know, it's kind of the higher stakes leagues. These are $350 draft boards I'm looking at. And uh, I've had questions before. Oh, Billy, uh, you can't, how'd you get in that? We can't get in those leagues. Why are you trying to recommend FFPC? Well, FFPC also has... Uh, $35 best ball leagues. Uh, so you don't have to start with just straight high stakes leagues. They have a lot of other, you know, smaller pools. And that's kind of where I started five or six years ago myself. I went to these smaller leagues like FFPC and I built my way up. You know, I won a couple entries and uh, stepped my way up year by year. 
had a great year last year and uh, got about 30 teams in the uh, main uh, FFPC football guys this year and a couple main event teams. So you can also do that too if you stay dedicated and uh, just keep drafting and keep grinding. Uh, where did I go? Sorry about that tangent I had here. Uh, number 13 was Matt Breida. Uh, he graduated from the last one and he is... Up with the standalone value, obviously. Number 14, I had Deion Lewis. Uh, that offense looks pretty terrible. Uh, if Henry got hurt, I really don't know what he'd do. I, I didn't even put him on the updated list. Just because I think people are going to be drafting him anyway. But obviously, he's a handcuff. Uh, I'm not excited about him at all. I mean, he'll, he'll catch passes. But until uh, Marcus Mariota gets hurt like he always does or gets sat down and has Ryan Tannehill who actually looked great. I mean, he was completing 10 yard passes left and right. Uh, last game I saw against the Colts the other night or Steelers the other night, you know, it's a big difference for Marcus Mariota. Hence my, uh, Marcus Mariota criticism there. I just don't think he's that good. I used to be, be a big Marcus Mariota guy, but, uh, he's just, I've really soured on him recently. I don't think he has the accuracy to be a pro. Great college player, though. Awesome at the Ducks. Won me a lot of money in those championship games. Um, and, uh, let me see here. Did I go number 15? Number 15 is CJ Anderson. Um, he was stealing a lot of work, uh, in the, these last few preseason games. He was a third-down running back almost exclu uh, exclusively to uh, carry on Johnson. So he's going to have a role. It's a great role. And if he gets hurt, I mean, look at the team. It's a Belichick disciple, you know? The whole team is basically Belichick disciples of coaches. So they're going to be using a rotation of running backs. They're not just... I, so people are in this mindset that carry on Johnson is going to be some bell cow running back. And it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I just... I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I know i got a lot of carry on fans out there. But he's not going to get as many touches as uh, <clears throat> David Johnson, Elliott, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Mixon, Chubb. Uh, he's just not going to get that many carries. I just don't believe that in, in, uh, in for one second. Okay, here. So let's go to my uh, today top 15 updated handcuff rankings here. Uh, at number one, I still have Darrell Henderson. Why? Because I believe that Gurley truly does have something wrong with his arthritic knee. I don't trust him one bit. And they have one of the best lines in football at the LA Rams. And he's had a Dom training camp. And you can actually, it's great. He's fallen in drafts. He used to be a fifth or sixth round pick in these early leagues I did for FFPC. Uh, the other night he went at the, look at the board right now. Jarrell Henderson went at the eighth round first pick. I've seen him go to the uh, or eighth round eleventh pick. I'm sorry, and that was to me. <laughs> he, uh, I've seen him go as late as the uh, almost the tenth round, just because he's had some bad preseason games. But you know the secret about that. They're really not playing anybody. I don't even think they're playing much of their line. I know they're really not as starters in uh, L.A. There. So I'm not worried about him. And I saw him come out of the backfield the other night and catch a great pass uh, two preseason games ago. So that's what he's going to be doing. And I just think he's going to be great if he gets a chance to. Uh, I don't think he's going to share the workload with Malcolm Brown at all. So he's still my number one. 
my number two has changed. Uh, so has most of these other ones. But my number two is Darwin Thompson, a guy I drafted in my one of my two dynasty leagues back in uh, May. Uh, Thompson looks great. He can catch the ball. He can run. Um, I don't think Damian Williams. He, he Damian Williams look great too. But I mean, I think that Thompson could do exactly what Williams did in that offense under that Andy Andy Walrus Reed offense. I think that uh, he, he's just like the same player almost, and he, he looked good. So he's my number two. He just flew up draft boards. Uh, he used to go in the 16th, 17th, 18th round. And this draft board I'm looking at right now, he went at the 8th round, 5th pick. So he is moving on up. I've seen him go as high as the 7th round in a main event board I saw last night uh, for FFPC. So he is flying up. Number 3, I have Jalen Samuels. I still think he is the best bet as a handcuff to come into a awesome offense. Uh, James Conner is still going to have a big role, and he looked great the other night. But you know what? Samuels came in, and he looked just as good almost. So it's just about playing time, and I think it's probably like an 80-20 split until something happens to Conner, God forbid. Samuels will come in, and, and he looked great in a couple games last year when he filled for Conner as a rookie. He had big games. So he, he can do it, and that's a great offense. And you want handcuffs in great offenses. So that's what we have as number three. Number four, Tony Pollard. He's looked great also. He's a rookie from Dallas. Uh, I know a, a lot of guys in the high-stakes community are all over Tony Pollard. I have him a couple places, but I haven't drafted him really that much at all. He is... Uh, He'll be a great player if Elliot doesn't report. As of right now, August 27th, Elliot has not reported to camp. So if he's not ready, you know, week one, week two, if this goes into the season, or if he pulls a Le'Veon Bell, yeah, Pollard will be a great pick. But personally, for me, I don't think that's going to happen. We'll have to worry about that. So I'll still leave Pollard at four right now. But uh, I, I don't think we'll have to worry about that. Number five, I have Royce Freeman still. Uh, that muddied, muddied Denver backfield. Although it has uh, Theoretic with a, I believe Theoretic has a broken collarbone. I'll have to look that up. But he broke something. He's out at least six weeks. But uh, Devontae Booker was still creeping around there, looking pretty good the other night. And then you have the uh, so-called number one there, Philip Lindsay, who is still creeping around. But I, I think Royce has talent. You know, he was great coming out of Oregon. He could uh, carry a bell cow load. He looked great last year, the few games, especially the last game, I think, when uh, Lindsey broke his wrist and he played the last game or two. He put up big points. So I still think he can do it in that offense. And I, I still believe in his talent and pedigree. So I'm leaving him up high. I'm, I'm leaving him at five. Uh, number six is Justice Hill, the rookie out of Oklahoma, who went to – the Baltimore Ravens. Um, little secret here. I haven't drafted Mark Ingram one time. So you can tell how many shares I probably have of Justice Hill. <laughs> so I, uh, not that I don't believe in Ingram's talent. I just I don't believe in the situation that he came into. I'm not a big buyer of running backs that go to different teams, honestly. Uh and Hill is just, I mean, he was a world beater in college, can catch the ball. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls. Uh, 
Uh, and if Ingram doesn't look good, he'll be the man there. So he was my number six. Uh, my number seven is Edo Smith slash Brian Hill. Um, we really don't know what's going on with this backfield um, in Atlanta right now. We thought Edo Smith was a man, and then we didn't think Edo Smith was a man. And then the last game, Edo Smith scored two touchdowns and looked like the man. But Brian Hill looked good. Uh, they also have another running back creeping around there right now. So there's a bunch of guys in that uh, backfield besides Devontae Freeman. Uh, but I'll have Edo Smith and Brian Hill up there right behind Freeman. And I suggest taking those guys if you haven't. At least one of those two guys because Devonta Freeman has been on my fade list all year long because he is full of injuries and full of concussions. And I don't think he can last half a season, honestly. I mean, I used to love the guy when he was good and healthy and young, but he's just, there's just really no upside to him anymore, honestly, with his uh, injury history. So I've been trying to figure those guys out all year. A lot of people are down on Edo. I'm still pretty up on Edo, but I see the arguments to Brian Hill. So you want to have some of Brian Hill also. Deep, deep, deep. But, I mean, probably in the waivers. But if, uh, you know, if Freeman ever goes down, that's your guy right there. Okay, uh, number eight, Alexander Madison, rookie out of Boise. He is the Vikings' backup running back, even though Boone... The uh, third string running back, Mike Boone, I think his name is Mike. I'm not sure. But uh, he's looked spectacular behind Madison. So maybe I should do this Madison slash Boone. Uh, Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook, he's missed uh, 19 games in his first two years, okay? 19 games. 12 his first year, 7 his second year, last year. So he's not a pinnacle of health. And this offense, I think, will be a lot better last year in Minnesota. So you're definitely going to want to take some uh, of him, of Madison and uh, Boone. But Madison first for sure. But Boone could definitely creep in there. He's looked explosive. So that is number eight. Number nine, Gio Bernard. He's still hanging around. I, I just pretty much faded him last year, and he came back. He looked good filling in for Mixon. He's still there. Uh, they got a different offensive coordinator, a McVeigh disciple with a better offense. So that's not a bad situation, and Mixon gets nicked up sometimes. Uh, number 10, we have C.J. Anderson, who I touched on earlier. He is now in Detroit after ramming around the Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams. Uh, he looked great this preseason so far, and they're playing him. They're mixing him in with Johnson. They're playing him uh, third downs. They brought him in inside the 10-yard line. I mean, they're doing almost everything they can to piss off the Kerry and Johnson owners, which is fine with me because I don't own a lot of Kerry and Johnson. Um, he's a great stash. He'll play. He'll be the first guy up when Johnson gets hurt, which he does very often. Uh, number 11, Ty Montgomery, New York Jets. Uh, Montgomery just snuck right into this role. We all had Elijah McGuire just set for this role. Uh, early drafts I'm looking at. People would take McGuire in the 11th, 12th round. The sport I have from two days ago, nobody touched our guy, Elijah McGuire. Um, and let me see where Montgomery went. Montgomery went in the 14th round. 
So people are taking him because he's looked decent with uh, Darnold in that new Jets offense. So you want him if you want Bell. I suggest that highly. Uh, number 12, Damian Harris. He's the backup to the backup. And uh, New England, the rookie out of Alabama. I mean, he was great in college. I thought he looked better than Josh Jacobs, who went to Chucky's Oakland Raiders, soon to be Vegas Raiders. And he looked great. He's looked great in college, and I thought he's looked great in the last preseason game. So he's not going anywhere near the load unless Michelle gets hurt, which has happened before. Uh, Burkhead's still out of Muddy of the Waters, and White obviously has his James White role of stealing touches sometimes and catching all the passes. But all those guys, all those guys could get hurt. I mean, Michelle could get hurt. But Burkhead's still there, which kind of bothers me. Because even in the playoffs, when Michelle was just going nuts, scoring two touchdowns a game, racking up 140 yards in that run, Burkhead was still there taking work, and Burkhead was still scoring touchdowns too. And then on top of that, White was catching passes and doing his thing. So there's not a lot of room on that offense right now for another running back. So I've even heard people say he could be inactive for the first like month or something unless an injury happens. Um, the 13th I have here, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Demario Crockett of uh, Cleveland Browns. He is the new number two after Duke Johnson went to go backup slash co-start with Lamar Miller, who now tore his ACL, and Duke is the number one. Uh, back to that one real quick. We're waiting for somebody to get traded or cut. <coughs> Carlos Hyde. <coughs> And uh, land with uh, Duke Johnson there. But, uh, yeah, Crockett's number two there. He's a handcuff. He's a handcuff behind Chubb. And that offense, we're all going to like this year. So that is our number 13. Number 14 is Chase Edmonds and the powerful new offense of the Arizona Cardinals. The air raid offense. Uh, David Johnson, I heard, we've all heard the rumors that they want to run like 500 plays a game. No, they want to run like 55 plays a game or something crazy as hell. Uh, if that happens, Edmonds will get like 15 touches. So Edmonds isn't a bad guy. I mean, who knows if that, if they do good and are efficient, which I don't think they will be. <laughs> that, I mean, I call it like a month ago. I said, there's a world where this team stinks probably. I wouldn't go that far, but there's a world where this air raid offense and the rookie quarterback just don't mesh right away. Um, and it showed the last couple preseason games. I guess it was a little better last time, but I just haven't liked him against some of the better defenses. Uh, but he'll have standalone value, and if uh, Johnson gets hurt, he'll be the starter, so you want him. Uh, number 15, um, I could probably put, like, another eight guys here. Uh I'll just rattle off three names real quick here right now. Deion Lewis. We'll go to Deion Lewis slash Mike Davis. Deion Lewis, obviously, with Derrick Henry. And Mike Davis is a backup to uh, Montgomery. Some people try to say he's not, but he is. Uh, so he'll get work, too. He'll be the Howard role or Montgomery role if something happened to Montgomery. And uh, obviously, Lewis, we talked on him, talked about him. But you'll want to pick him up also. Uh, let's jump to the rankings here real quick. I just want to share with you guys some of the people who moved up the fastest in these rankings here right now. Um, the biggest riser by far for me 
was Chris Carson, who has just looked outstanding. Outstanding. Even better than I thought in his uh, role with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Penny has just kind of floundered around and um, caught check down passes. Hasn't looked at nearly as explosive as Carson. Carson just looks explosive. He had nine touchdowns last year with basically a 50-50 split. I think this year he could have 14 touchdowns if he gets 70-30 split or something with Penny. And I think the offense is going to be a lot better this year, more efficient. Wilson's going to pass more. He's going to run more. He's healthier this year, I believe. Uh, I had him. I had Carson at the 27. I moved him all the way down to the 14th in my PPR rankings. He is my biggest mover here. Um, I moved Nick Chubb down from number 9 to 5 in the rankings. Why? Because I think that... Uh, there's a bunch of guys who scare me, kind of, in that uh, 5 through 10-ish role where I had him at 9. Uh, David Johnson, I kind of mentioned to you guys about the Cardinals. Mixon, uh, their lineman's already hurt. The stud uh, rookie they drafted, and that line's always been sketchy. But they do have a new offense, I like him. Uh, Bell, there's a world where he goes to the Jets, and they're not like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're, they're just not the same blocking, not the same setup. And he's just kind of a, you know, low end number two running back. Finishes the year uh, 27th, you know, 27th overall. I mean, I, I could see that. He'll catch his passes, but that that worries me. Um, I kind of had Kim and Connor tied, but just because we got Samuel there, uh, maybe taking some work away. So I bumped him up over those guys to number five. Uh, Duke Johnson, obviously, after the. Uh, Lamar Miller, ACL tear, and uh, the game last week. I bumped Duke from uh, 42. I, I, I had him high already, getting ready to jump Lamar Miller. And now I brought him down to 22. Uh, I think they'll bring in somebody else here. I've thought it since the minute Lamar Miller tore his ACL. I don't think he'll be nearly as talented as Duke Johnson. And Duke Johnson will catch all the balls there. And, uh, yeah, I like Duke a lot at that uh, ADP there. Uh, Brita has moved from number 49 for me to the number 35 for me. And, uh, I just want to move him even higher. I just, I love Matt Brita this year. Just love him. Uh, even before last game, that beautiful 20 yard, uh, outlet pass he caught for a touchdown from Garoppolo, who did look good better last game. Saw a lot of Garoppolo hit out there from the preseason. I, he threw five five interceptions in the preseason then he came out and i think went what oh for three with three and two interceptions the preseason two preseason season games ago but he looked a lot better the other night and he had that touchdown in brita so i'm not worried about any of those guys there um who else do we have here uh guys who i moved down melvin ingram i i don't trust that situation at all i moved him from seventh to uh he is, Melvin Ingram is 26th here right now. I, 28th, sorry. I do not, uh, I don't think he's going to play, honestly. I have Justin Jackson, like I said, him and Eckler and standalone value. I don't trust that situation one bit. Um, it's going to be good offense, but uh, just remember Jackson and Eckler. If you do have to draft uh melvin gordon for some strange reason just remember those two guys there 
Um, the big mover up, movers who I had coming up. Uh, I had Ballage coming up, even though he looked bad the other night. I still got to have those guys. Uh, I'll read you guys my uh, number uh, 25 to 40 rankings real quick, because anybody can read a number 1 through 25 rankings real quick. You know, I want to know, personally, when I hear other people talk about rankings and stuff, I want people to tell me about their later rankings. Not the first 25. I want to hear the next 25 or something. But this is already going kind of long, so I'll just read you guys 25 to 40 real quick here. Uh, Number 25, I have Marlon Mack. Number 26, I have Josh Jacobs. 27, I have Philip Lindsay. 28, I have Melvin Gordon. 29, I have Darrell Henderson. 30, I have Eckler. 31, I have Jackson. Remember, those guys are back-to-back there. I think they'll have standalone value. 32, I have Mark Ingram, who I'm down on this year, like I said. Um, let me see here. Uh, 30, sorry, for some reason I still had, I still had Lamar Miller in my rankings here. I'm trying to figure out on the fly who I'll put him over there. Uh, let's just skip him. 34, I'll have Latavius Murray. 35, I have Kalen uh, Ballage. Even though he was bad, I still got to keep him there until I can see Drake is going to start week one. 36, Matt Breida. 37, Naheem Hines. I might flop him for my non-updated sheet I have of Lamar Miller to 33. Because remember, Brissett's going to have to throw outlet passes now that he can't run the ball, and that offense isn't going to flow nearly as good as he had. And remember, uh, Naheem Hines had his own, uh, had more catches his rookie year last year than Tariq Cohen did his rookie year. Uh, he caught over 60 balls. So he's going to be good. Um, number 38, I have Miles Sanders. Um, a lot of people take him way ahead of that. I, I just have to put him there because these guys ahead of him are definitely going to start. 39, I have Jalen Samuels. 40, I have LaShawn McCoy. 41, I have Royce Freeman. 42, I have Peyton Barber, who I think will start ahead of the other Bucks players. 43, I have Justice Hill. 44, I have uh, Jordan Howard. 45, Rashad Penny. 46, I have Ronald Jones with a little confidence. 47, I have Tony Pollard. 48, I have Adrian Peterson, followed by 49, Darius Geis. I don't know what's going to happen with that backfield. That's why I have them so far down. 50, I have Devin Singletary. Uh, right behind them, I have Darwin Thompson, who I could probably swap over a couple of those players. But uh, that is who I have from 25 to 50. Uh, they go all the way to 80, but I'm not going to bore you guys here. But uh, just wanted to touch base with you about the handcuffs. So be thinking about the handcuffs. Uh, don't go too early on them. And if you got to pick a player... Uh, for the handcuff, like Gurley and Henderson, try, you know, if you're really worried about Gurley, I wouldn't even take Gurley, honestly. You know, if you're that worried, just take Henderson, okay? And if you think that uh, Damian Williams is going to lay a clunker or something in the first couple weeks, just take Darwin Thompson. You want to steal people's good players. That's the objective for me, at least, as a handcuff. Nothing brings me better joy than taking a player's hard-earned uh <laughs> player that they just drafted and getting their handcuffs like a Henderson, uh, Justice Hill, somebody who we know has talent is going to have a role, and then them turning into the player that the person drafted in the first couple rounds. Uh, 
so that's all I have for you guys tonight. I am going to be looking at receiver rankings in the next couple days. I have a couple huge drafts uh, Thursday and Friday. So I'm looking at probably Saturday. But uh, we'll see here, guys. Hey, thanks a lot for listening, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.